Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. I'm excited about our guest today. His name is Pete Springer. We have a lot in common because both of us are former educators and we just love it. We were talking shop back there in the green room and I had the honor of meeting him online and we connected regarding a mutual author friend, Marion Beeman, who's the author of Mennonite Daughter, the story of a plain girl, and also um, her new book coming out, A Marriage Memoir. And so Pete um, is also an avid blogger. I, I am just really impressed with his engagement. Um, he, but I want to just share a little bit about Pete. He, he was an elementary school teacher for over 30 years, and he taught grades two to six at Pine Hill School in Eureka, California. And he retired a few years ago, but his passion continues to lie in supporting education, uh, children and teachers. And he explains that when he came out of his teaching program years ago, he realized how unprepared he felt for what was for what was in store in, in the classroom. And oh my goodness, anyone who's a teacher can, can uh, just, totally identify with that feeling of oh my goodness what did i sign up for that first year but his college education mainly focused on learning theory rather than the practical day-to-day challenges that all teachers face and thankfully he had some great mentors to lean on and to help support him in in the early part of his career and so therefore he made it his mission to pay it forward uh, for the next generation of teachers he was a master teacher to four student teachers, and he has uh, several former students who are now teachers, including one who, who um, even teaches at his former elementary school. And while teaching, he decided to write books for children one day, and now that has come to pass. So he, he took some writing workshops, found a writing critique group, uh, joined the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and recently finished writing his, um, his first middle grade novel, He is always connected with children, and this is his new way of teaching in this stage of life. He also has a a really interesting book. uh, um, His book is called They Call Me Mom. And yeah, we know he's a guy, okay? Uh, But teachers know that students, they will typically call you mom, even if you're male or female, because they call mom so much they they say mom way more than they say dad and that's a whole nother conversation but um pete welcome i'm so grateful that you're here oh thanks so much Catherine. i i have to add that uh while i was called mom much more often than than dad i even was called grandma before so (laughs) i said now you're taking it a little too far yeah, you know, grandpa maybe, but grandma, like, wow. That's okay. right, that's right. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, if, if there's anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners about you, please go ahead and do that, because I may not have covered it all. Yes, thanks so much. I'm just uh, pleased to have the chance to meet you and talk to you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what what... Other authors happen, do you happen to be friends with and, and how, how did they help you become a better writer? 
Oh gosh, you know, here's where I get to that tricky spot where if you, if you mention uh, nine, then oh, what about that tenth? Oh, oh what yeah, that nineteenth and twentieth. So many, so many people. But I, I will mention a couple. One, one of the blogger writer friends that uh, one of the first ones I met was lady named Sally Cronin over at um, the Smorgasbord blog and uh, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of like that home where everybody all the kids in the neighborhood kind of come over and uh, and that's where I met so many other writers and um, and I began to engage with them and you know fairly rapidly um, you know you just put yourself out there a little bit and then you're going to get engagement from other people and uh, initially of course you don't really know these people uh, but you quickly become friends and and um, and you share this um, kinship as want to want to be writers and so and it doesn't it's not a competition it's not a competitive type of situation and if anything um i find myself rooting for my fellow author and blogger friends and because anyone's success uh it it just proves to us reinforces the idea that um yeah that could happen to me and Mm -hmm. and it's worth the effort if it if it you know for me not having a bunch of commercial success is not really uh, an important thing to me mm-hmm. but what is important <laughs> is yeah. that I, I i see this to the finish line that mm-hmm. i um that one day um, you know my dream is that one day one of my grandchildren will mm-hmm. be holding one of my books in their hands and that mm-hmm. uh, i can contribute something meaningful to the world and mm-hmm. I, that's kind of where my head is at uh, at yeah. this point in my life it's not you know i'm not it's not important to become rich or famous but yeah. i do want to i do want to make a contribution of some kind to the world yeah well i noticed that your your engagement is incredible and you don't have you don't have a blog that's like 10 15 years old i mean your blog is is what going on four years now Would that just about yeah, just under four years right be- because you your engagement is just so incredible and one of the things that i uh, one of the blogs i was reading uh you talked about how you interacted with countless people and you do he gets hundreds of comments on his on his blogs and there's a tremendous community there and lots of interaction and you talk about how you now consider them friends um, you said that one of the highlights of the past year was meeting two blogging buddies. Um, there was a preschool teacher, uh, I be- believe her name is Jenny Fitzsee, and college professor Jim Borden in person. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm in that sweet spot in life where I recently retired. And so I start, I've got all these things I want to accomplish. And, you know, I, I, I don't fixate on my age but it's like you like you know the hourglass has turned (laughs) i uh, i'm not gonna mess around um working up my courage and any of that stuff i'm past all that 
Right. So I just, I've just learned, you know, just go for it. Just put yourself out there. And yeah. so one of the things that I had wanted to do was to take a uh, trip to see each one of my brothers. I've got three okay. older brothers. And okay. interestingly enough, there's one of us in each time zone across uh, the United States. So oh, wow. I thought when I, when I uh, was going to start on the East Coast and see my brother from New Jersey, I thought to myself, ah, this is the time. I've got to reach out to a couple of my blogging friends. And, and um, you know, I have friends in the blogging world in many uh, different pursuits, but um, I'm, I'm probably drawn most to educators. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Jenny Fitzke, who um, is just, it's just somebody I clicked with right away. And it, right. It, the chances of you clicking with a, a random person in the in the in the world are, are are kind of you know they're kind of extreme but she mm -hmm. and i just hit it off and we shared similar educational philosophies and so i told her hey i'm coming out and i'm hoping um if you know if you're comfortable with it i'd love to come to your classroom and read to your kids and and that and we made that happen and it was just oh, wow beautiful thing and and I and then she and her husband and I went out to dinner and just had such a marvelous time and then oh, another wow. blogging buddy um, lived in Philadelphia uh, Jim Borden and he teaches at Villanova University and mm -hmm. uh, he had uh, we just became good friends through through our respective blogs mm -hmm. and so um, you know, I said, "Hey, I'm heading your way." You know what? Do you, and I just pictured um, maybe getting together for dinner or for a drink or something. And he says, "Well, I'm just finishing up. Why don't Why don't we spend the day together?" And the next thing you know, he's taking me all around Philadelphia <laughs> to all the sites. And it was just this wonderful, wonderful, magical day. I mean, boy, I saw the, all these historical places I've always wanted to. To, to to visit and yet I didn't have to be the driver because yeah. this is his home turf so we visited the Liberty Bell and and we ran up the this he filmed me rocky uh, running up the steps <laughs> to the Rocky statue and we just uh. had, you know it's and so blogging friends can be what you make of them I mean certainly many of the people I know I would categorize as as acquaintances but but many I would describe as friends at this point mm -hmm. yeah I, I saw the picture and then you have the pictures of meeting them and yeah you have the, the picture by the, the uh, Rocky statue that's pretty funny so that I mean that just shows you the power of connected of being connected through our writing how we don't know how it can resonate with people and impact them and then to further develop friendships. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so what about you? So we know you have this book, right? Um, how, how do you feel about that book? Do you want each of your books to stand on their own? Are you trying to build a body of work with connections between each book? Are they different genres? Tell us about what your, your journey looks like. Well, uh, so, um, in the back of my mind, when I was teaching, uh, I always uh, envisioned myself 
when I retired, because there's just not enough hours in the day when you're an educator. But I thought, you know, when I was getting closer to retirement, I thought I, yeah, I'm going to try to write children's books. It's like one of my favorite times of the day was yeah. reading to kids, reading novels. And, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of, you know, I want to write contemporary books, kid uh, books about kid, problems that kids are dealing with in their daily lives. Yeah. And so, um, and I just thought, well, the one of the best ways to do that is, is to write stories about it. I mean, you you want to you want to hook kids in mm -hmm. the middle of a day where, it, like, you look around your class and you find them, uh, their minds wandering, disengaging a little bit. Mm -hmm. I learned early in my career that one of the ways to get them back on board is to tell them a story, mm -hmm. and this oftentimes they're stories from my life experiences I've had standing up for somebody that was getting picked on, you know, you, you just need, there's just instances and mm -hmm. some, you know, they're engaged, they're hooked. And I, yeah. I've, I'm in the palm of my hands again, I can feel it. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I wanted that. I, I missed that feeling. I, yeah. I miss some aspects of teaching and, but in the back of my mind, I, um, I also, uh, after I retired, I, I, teaching has been so good to me. I had mm -hmm. 31 beautiful years, and I mm -hmm. felt I had uh, so many great mentors when I started out. And I thought I've got to do something to pay back this profession that's been so good to me. Yeah. And so I hadn't planned on writing uh, my memoir. It's more of a what I would call a um, memoir and uh, advice book for for future teachers but that came to fruition so yeah i'm very proud of that and mm -hmm. uh, but i think that's a one-off that's something i needed to do uh and then i took care of it and now i'm really focusing on what i really want to do which is all along which is to write children's novels for mm. for middle grades like mm -hmm. fifth, sixth grade, an age I'm quite familiar with. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and dealing with the problems that that you experience, see your kids going through, divorce, how's that, right. what's that like? Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 fathers out of the picture. Yeah. I mean, all the tough things that, that kids have to go through. Yeah. Mm. So, so, so I yeah you you've really taken so from retirement to to like a mentor to blogger and then then I noticed that you you told your readers that and your blogging community that you're going to be um, you know kind of scaling back on some of the blogging to give more attention to some of your writing projects and so tell me what that looks like in in terms of writing like how many hours a day do you put aside to writing. Uh, well, books professionally well so it, uh, it varies quite a bit because i am as i say i'm i'm a busy guy i've got a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of things going on um yeah. in terms of community service is really important to me um mm -hmm. exercise is, is important yeah. it's one of the reasons i retired i've, I've actually lost 80, 80 pounds since i retired and people look wow. at say well how did you do that and they're expecting some magic magic formula yeah it's really been retirement and um 
and uh, eating a little better, but just making time for myself, which just is ridiculous. I know how so- how that ridiculous that sounds, but you know, it's uh, so I'm very, very conscious of uh, trying to about find balance in my life. So mm-hmm. besides my exercise and community service, writing is a big priority. So mm-hmm. my prime writing time would be uh, usually in the afternoons. I know mm-hmm. people have to find whatever works for them, but I I, I feel sharp after I, after yeah. I get my exercise in, mm-hmm. my mind is engaged. And so I probably, on a typical day, I probably write from two to four hours, but mm-hmm. you know, writing can, writing can come in all kinds of forms. Sometimes it's blogging, sometimes it's working on stories. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just simply engaging with, with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how did, how did um, publishing your first book change your whole process of writing or did it? It did. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think, I read books uh, in a much different way. I, I don't think I, I think I looked at this as a hobby and while it's still a hobby, um, I, I, if somebody asks, what am I doing now? I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm very forthcoming. I say I'm writing and mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I saw myself as a writer before, but mm-hmm. there's something about holding your finished book in your hands yeah. that kind of confirms, yes, you're a writer. And yeah. so, and so, um, and I want to feed the fuel a little bit. It's like a little bit like starting a fire and you mm-hmm. get a taste of that and you think, gosh, well, um, I'm proud of this, but I also know I've got a ton to learn. And mm-hmm. so, um, and I'm just, I'm just at that point in my life. And I think part of it is, having been in education you know we can't get such an ego that we can't that we don't think oh i can't i i am an expert at this i i don't i mean it it really is so much Mm -hmm. about um realizing that uh others are out there to help us and Mm to be open to that engagement and so um if you look at all the things I've done, and I've done a lot of different things in the last few years since I retired, but one of the, probably the one of the wisest things I did was to find myself uh, a critique group who actually, yeah. actually one of the people in my critique group is uh, uh, one of the principals I used to work for. Mm. And so she touched me in many ways and, and you know, we kind of lost connection there for a while, but but then we re-engaged. And so I just can't, you know, when you develop trust within a group of people, mm-hmm. you realize, you know, their feedback is super important. It, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to help, we're trying to help each other get mm-hmm. to our, our goals. And you need honest feedback. You don't need, I mean, of course, we'd like to hear people telling us our work is fabulous and such. And, and we, we, we we don't hesitate to to tell each other when we think something is especially well done but we're mm-hmm. always learning it's life is like this continual journey and yeah. i mean i'm i'm 60 64 years old but i mean mm-hmm. i'm still there's not a day that that doesn't go by when i when i don't learn something new mm. 
what was the what was the best money you've ever spent as a writer? Um, I think um, probably a couple of things. I think mm-hmm. um, I attended a, a writer's workshop through um, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, mm-hmm. and surround us began res- uh, surrounding myself with other other writers and and found a very supportive community and realized yeah this is this is this feels like the right place to be and you start meeting people and getting uh, more engagement that way so that was uh, really well done and and then I took a I took a class just uh, from out of the blue through I think writers digest about starting um, starting your own blog after mm-hmm. I, you know after you finish writing a, a book there of course comes the the marketing angle which right. uh, there are very few people that I've ever talked to that <laughs> think oh boy I get to market my book you know? <laughs> that's not that's not what appeals to us uh, for most of us we like being creative and uh, but I you know it kind of comes with the territory right I mean if you write yeah. something and no one reads it I mean what's the point so yeah so um, so uh, starting a blog uh, certainly opened up a whole new world of meeting other people other uh, lots of lots of different folks not all authors but I I, I just like I like to engage with anybody that's got an interesting story and mm-hmm. and then sometimes I you know I might meet an interesting person from some other field and I think well this is I, I, I find this story fascinating do you mm-hmm. would it be okay with you if I shared your story on my blog so mm-hmm. yeah my blog is not doesn't necessarily match my um, what I'm trying to write because I I'm trying to write fiction for kids uh, mm-hmm. through my uh, story writing, and my blog is more about, uh, you know, kind of comes from more of an adult perspective where mm-hmm. I'm writing about whatever strikes my fancy. It's just mm-hmm. this, it's like having a, a journal, the freedom to write about whatever. Um, and I just, I try to write about things that I think others will be engaged with. And uh, I think because those are the blogs that attract me the most, the blogs that are just selling points that just continually buy my book and and uh, here's my latest review and all of that stuff. That that gets old pretty quick. I just think you just have to be really genuine with with people and engage and talk about issues that that we're all dealing with. You know, aging parents, raising children, right. things that, that people can all connect with. Yeah. I, and I like that. I, well, obviously, your your work appeals to people. You're blogging because people are so engaged in it. And you're right. Yes, you, you are a writer of fiction for young, young people. But you are definitely drawn in to... Um, I love the one you have with us, the pointers for newer bloggers, and you have a, a part one and a part two. Um, and I'm like, I'm gle- I glean from it. You know, you learn, you come away from your blog just learning something and feeling connected to other people because you realize that they're going through some of the things that, that um, you're experiencing. And you talk about the, the, the pluses and minuses of aging, 
you know, I'm like, really? They're they're pluses? I want to see that. What's that? <laughs> 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 so it pulls you, it pulls you in, and I saw that that had a whole lot of engagement. Um, uh, people were very interested in that. So, you know, it it all goes back to now this this question I wanted to ask you about marketing. What is the best way to market your books? Well, you know, people have written entire books on this subject. So, and and uh, not to be um, condescending to any of those people, but you know, sometimes sometimes people write write uh, books, and I'll pick one of those up, and I'll think to myself, "Well, I'm doing all this right yeah. already." And so, I think the main the main thing is. Um, you just can't be afraid to, to try different different things. And so like, for example, for this today, I mean, I just heard, a, I, I just met you the other day just from um, reading um, your, or listening to your podcast with Marion Beeman. And, uh, right. and so I thought, well, this lady sounds like it. she's got an interesting story. So I, I reach out. I reached out to you. Well, a lot of people wouldn't do that kind of thing, or mm-hmm. they just, they just be intimidated or whatever. And I, 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 again, I think it's something to do with age and maturity. But mm-hmm. I just don't worry about stuff like that. I just think, yeah. well, what's the worst that can happen? You know. Right. So, um, and so, like um, some of the things I, for example, I in my in terms of my own marketing i um after i wrote my book i i contacted the newspaper and um the newspaper was interested uh to write a story about um you know my book coming out and and a little bit about my career and such i i reached out to my alma mater uh humboldt state and, um i thought well you know, you write a book about teachers. Who's who's your audience here about teaching? And I thought, well, why not um, contact a university professor and go into an education class and and talk to prospective <gasps> teachers? And so that was, you know, it's just like they're just like things that you know that a lot of people would think. Well, that's not that sounds like a good idea. I don't I don't know if I have the courage to do that. Well. It's like get over yourself, right? Just, yeah. just get out there, put it out there, and it's. I I have had this feeling many times. It's the most empowering feeling when you uh, conquer one of your fears, and it's it's one of the things I I did in my own um, classroom was to really try to promote pub, public speaking uh, among my students because it's a it's a fearful thing. I mean, I I've read somewhere where it's Americans' number one fear is public speaking, not spiders, not snakes, public speaking. Which is pretty mind-blowing when you think about it. And, I, and so I don't, and it's just like anything. You you get a taste of it, you get a little better at it, and you think, I can do this. And, and, then, and then I realize, you know, a lot of the other, a lot of other people in the world, uh, they can't do this. And so, and, uh, and certainly being a teacher has helped because I have all these years of, of practice, but um, other other marketing tools. Um, 
I don't, I, you know, again, I just, I think I tried different things. I, I uh, spoke to um, a retired teacher's uh, group and, uh, and, you know, there's so many supportive people out there and, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, you decided to write a book. Well, I, I've always thought about writing a book. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, yeah, so don't just think about it, do it, you know, mm -hmm. and just kind of my attitude. And um, I guess I'm borrowing uh, the Nike slogan, just do it. But just that's, do kind it. Of, that's kind of my philosophy. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice can you share with those who want to develop their presence on social media platforms? Yeah, I'm, I'm not probably the expert at this at all. I'm not... Um, I mean, I, I know there's a place for it. I don't, I'm not talking down to it, but um, I think in some instances, there's so many different avenues. And some, I, I think uh, maybe one of the mistakes that some uh, writers, bloggers make is they try to be everywhere. And mm. so I think um, for me, I, I ch try to choose three, formats or thereabouts where to connect with people so like um you know instagram for example i have no interest in that i mean my life is, my life is not that fascinating in pictures to begin with. so you know i'm a i'm a talker i'm a communicator i'm a writer so it's like how's the best what's the best way to do that well mm -hmm. twitter eh, take it or leave it as far as mm -hmm. i'm concerned but I think blogging, Facebook is another way. I, I, I think it's a great way to connect with people. And you know, you can have an author page and and that kind of thing too. Certainly through Facebook. So, um, again, it's um, try different things, but then, then take a look at what what fits uh, you the the best as writers because everybody's. Uh, everybody's way of engagement is different um mm -hmm. i haven't tried it but TikTok, i kind of looked at it and think yeah that kind of meets my personality you know i <laughs> myself having some fun with this i mean yeah i was always uh you know i was the the teacher at school that was always doing some crazy bizarre things with his his class and and other teachers we were always we did the talent show every year for the kids it was just like such you know just can't be afraid to to have fun it, life, life yeah all of these joyous moments and i think that comes through on your on your press you know where you do have a presence and i think i like that that you said you know you can't be everywhere you have to do a few things really well. What I like is that you are also supportive of fellow writers. It's not just about you. And you spend a good amount of time on your site um, blessing other people's platforms by showcasing their books, promoting their books. Um, there's some books I would have never heard of if I if I hadn't have hopped on your site and checked it out. Uh, when I was just checking out um, this book, I think I might want to pick up a copy the Last Drive by John W. Um, Howell. I mean, you you um, did a uh, review of his book, right? So how how has that how does that help you to connect with other readers or um, people well, who potential buy your book? Uh, you know, I I it is blogging to me is is uh, 
my favorite way to connect with people because uh, people on blogs typically uh, are mostly serious uh, people that are in, want to engage with others. They um, and we're going through many of the same things if we're writers, um, mm -hmm. and many of them are. And so uh, I just think you know there's so many ways to learn. And one of the ways we learn best is by watching people that we respect, what they're doing. And so, uh, and so in the last couple of years, I've read more books than I've ever read in my entire life. And I, mm. I, I am a reader, but mm. I think that's one of the, when I read a book now, I totally read it much different than I used to, which is, I mean, mm -hmm. I still read for entertainment. That's still, that's still way up there on the list. But mm -hmm. I, I, I find myself looking at uh, an author's craft and how they, um, you know, how they uh, looked at their point of view, uh, how the character arc, story arc, all those things that go into telling a tale, which I mm -hmm. never really paid that much attention to before. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there, it's like anything, it's, uh, there's an art to this. And, uh, and so as I've gotten deeper into it, um, I, I have a more of an appreciation for it. And so by engaging with other bloggers and writers that are going through the same thing, then, you know, you, you develop a, a, a community, a, a community of support and, so not only are you getting uh, good ideas and feedback from them, but you know you're you get engaged in their projects. It's not just all about me. It's a, it, I'm I'm very excited for, for example, you know you mentioned that um, that you you are excited to uh, read Marion Beeman's next book. Well, I am too. I'm totally. I'm totally down with that. And it's, it's because it's like, it's like my students, you get engaged in their lives. They're real people. You care about them. And so, um, and so I just think it's one of the best ways to truly connect and not just through pictures, but really through words. Mm -hmm. well, what about your own book? Tell us, tell us something. Tell us, some, tell us about your book. So, uh, so I, I mentioned that I've taught anywhere from second to sixth grade, um, quite a, uh, all the grades, and enjoyed something about every age. But the, my roots are as an upper grade uh, teacher, fifth, mm -hmm. sixth grade. I spent a lot of years there. That's yeah. that's uh, that's the age I felt I was making the biggest impression on. Other kids that age are so impressionable mm -hmm. and it's role models are important at at every age but i right. just felt that's this is this is my this is my group right. and um and so um so i part of being a a, a writer of course is finding your niche and and who do I, who do i want to write for and what what kind of material is popular now and such and and but while you're paying attention to that you still have to be true to yourself and so when i say that uh, what i mean by that is i write what you want to write you can't mm -hmm. do 
Okay. Well, I see that uh, fantasy books are very popular now, so that's what I'm going to do. No, mm. that's, not, that's not me. Uh, I, I don't have anything against that. That's just not what I want to write. I want right. to write books about um, issues that kids are dealing with. And mm-hmm. so I, so uh, I'm more drawn to those kinds of books. So, um, you know, I, um, I just read a book recently called Say It Out Loud uh, by Allison Barnes that is yeah. talking about um, a child's uh, issue with bullying and, and stutter. Mm-hmm. And it just touched my heart. It's the books yeah. like that are what I want to write. So, so I've got two books, uh, novels in the works. But you know, I'm not, I don't really have like a timeline. It's mm-hmm. it, it's uh, there. You know, people always say, "Well, when is it going to be done?" And mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. It'll be done when I I feel like it's done, and mm-hmm. and that involves getting a lot of feedback, and and my critique group comes in uh, handy there. Some of my blogger friends come in handy there. You just can't be uh, afraid to put it out there. So so mm-hmm. uh, to the first one is called Second Chance Summer. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, about um, a boy who um, is going through a twelve-year-old boy who's going through his parents' separation, and oh, he, wow. he's like wanting them to get back together and mm-hmm. seeing if he can facilitate that and mm-hmm. encourage that, and and uh, but at the same time, you know, dealing with his own his own problems and growing up, and so you know, again, that's that's. Our lives are not com- com- compartmentalized into right. one, one area. We got, mm-hmm. you know, human beings have all these things going on at the same time. So, mm-hmm. so that was part of that. And then the other one, um, right now, the working title is called No Bars, but it isn't referring to uh, drinking establishments. It's taught. It's referring to bars, bars on a cell phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, it's about two. Uh, again, I, I maybe I'm. Uh, it, it seems like maybe I'm gearing my books more for boys, but it's a it's about a friendship formed by two. Uh, again, uh, middle school boys. Uh, one is an English American boy, and the other is a Muslim American boy, mm-hmm. and uh, so the challenge is uh, the English American boy his father has been has served in the gulf war has come home with some feelings of some ptsd and and he has maybe some racist um tendencies and so uh for these two boys to have continue their friendship they're follow they're finding challenges with that so are there are there kids like that in the world that are probably dealing with exactly that issue mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with uh, you know uh, someone that's supposed to be showing you the right way to live your life but is as has exhibiting racist tendencies and that mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, these are issues that that kids are dealing with and so very much yeah very much so i think Mm -hmm. i want my books to uh you know really focus on uh telling an entertaining story but also 
um, to, to, to do some teaching because essentially that's what I am. I'm still a teacher and I'm just trying to do that through writing. Wow. So, so do you ever read your book reviews and how, how do you deal with bad or good reviews? Oh, I, you know, I, you know, I hear these, uh, I, I hear people say, oh, I never look at my reviews. And <laughs> I take that with a grain of salt because I think it's, I think it's human nature, right? You do, we, um, we want others to uh, accept us and such. And so, um, so I read, uh, yeah, I read them all. And, but I, I'm also, again, I get the, partly this is age, partly this is, my having had a career in teaching and realizing not everybody you're not gonna you know you're not gonna appeal to everybody um uh realizing this is just one person's opinion so if i get uh, if i get a, a positive review sure it feels good but i don't i don't like uh, like think oh well now i've hit the big time right yeah. or <laughs> at the same time when somebody writes a negative review um, I just remind myself, this is just one person's opinion. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, same thing as a teacher. I, I was generally pretty popular with the, with the parents. A lot of parents wanted their children in my class. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah, you feel good about that, but it, it, not all the time. So no. when, you, <laughs> when you have a parent that thinks you're the worst teacher in the world or whatever, <laughs> you know, you just kind of take those things with a grain of salt mm -hmm. and real. And oftentimes there's, it's related to some bad experience or whatever. So when I'm looking at a negative review, you know, I, I tend to not take those things personally. I just, mm -hmm. I, and oftentimes those people that there are people like this, unfortunately, they, they almost like thrive on uh, writing something negative they're just mm -hmm. which I think is more or less their persona and and you know and I have to admit there have been some I, I've clicked on um, someone that just just rips a book to shreds not necessarily mine but it could be and yeah. uh, uh, and then and and then I'll read uh, two or three other reviews that they've and then they're all the same it's like well I guess this person doesn't you know, they don't have a high opinion of, of writers in general. That's <laughs> so right. Yeah. Then you just kind of think, well, you know, uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this because yeah. it's not uh, a person whose opinion I really value that much. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'd like to share um, some testimonials about your book that were really great. One was the principal. Um, her name is Tammy Beale and her book, the testimonial says, this book is a must read for all new teachers, those teachers that need a reminder they are human. Mr. Springer educates others in his easy to read, story-like first-hand manuscript. You will laugh, cry, and get motivated to be the best educator you can. After reading this, I have a better outlook on relationships with my colleagues and am reminded to savor every moment. Another one is from a teacher. Her name is Barbara Saul. I love this book. It has tried and true pointers for new teachers in a completely forthright way. Seasoned educators will identify with Steve's recollections as well. The most important features, however, are his positive, honest, and encouraging attitudes toward the profession of teaching. It's a must read for anyone working with students or considering a career in education. Don't you think we need this book now? After, after the, the, um, <laughs> the mass exodus of teachers from the classroom? Oh my God. It. 
<laughs> it breaks my heart. I just, uh, you know, I uh, I got out right before uh, the pandemic started, and you know, I mean, I just I know not just myself. I mean, teachers in general are just the most giving people who mm -hmm. would bend over backwards to to support their students. And so, um, and then when people on the outside are judging them and, and have no idea what they're talking about, it just, I just found that so discouraging. Mm -hmm. uh, you learn to turn, you know, you learn to tune out a lot of that noise, but I do it, uh, and there aren't too many things that I get fired up about, but that is one when, when people are, um, you know, are getting down on teachers that are, are, are dealing with all these challenging, difficult issues to the best of their abilities and somehow make it work and that they're feeding and clothing kids in their class that are dealing with the, the most trying of circumstances that don't, mm -hmm. that may not know where they're going to spend the night that yeah. night. And, and yet we want them to care about, um, you know, their math score. I mean, no way. I mean, of course, <laughs> that's important, but I, I'm not, uh, I'm not down on education. I'm down on the uh, idea that, um, that to treat a student like they're not a human being that they're that they're just like a test score or something i mean you got to connect with your students and and so i take a lot of pride in the fact that i still have maintained a lot of those friendships i um, i uh, a story i like to tell uh, mo most recently is i i just went to the wedding uh, uh one of my former second grade students and the fact that she mm -hmm. cared, cared enough to reach out to, to me, the re you, you know, you, yeah. you, know, you just can't put a financial label to it, something like that. Yes, yeah. I love, um, do you mind if I share part of your book? No, go ahead. Okay, so you, you say here, um, Becoming a good teacher is not something that happens overnight, and a beginning teacher has to realize that. With each passing month and year, teachers learn what elements are imperative to retain and what can be added to enhance their teaching. Watching a skilled teacher is a beautiful form of art. An outstanding teacher makes his or her classroom come alive. I admire artistic people, perhaps in part because I lack this ability. A talented teacher to me is not that different from a painter who makes a blank canvas come alive or a potter who skillfully takes a glob of clay and turns it into something useful, dependable, and even beautiful. To this day, there's nothing quite as inspiring to me as watching an educator engaging students in learning. Well, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> yes, totally. I did write that. I, I, I like that <laughs> sentence, though. <laughs> And then, then you go you go on to, to talk about how you we you know it's important that parents know that you are there for the overall child. Not it's not just about grades, but you genuinely care about that child. And I, I love that you you talked about that earlier. That it's not just about the test scores. It's about the we talked a little bit about um, bullying and the, the things that students are dealing with. They're talking, you know, 
they have to think about violence. They have to think about active shooters and, and, and all kinds of things that, that should be unthinkable for children. And so it's not just your math and reading scores that you're thinking about when you're a teacher. There's a lots of things. Their, their emotional stability, their health, all of those things come into play. Completely agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you even talk about being a good teacher and a good parent is not that different. In your book, you say two requirements of each job are to provide children with love and discipline. Just about all children have natural have a natural desire to please the, the important people in their, their lives. And that starts with their family. One of the most important connections that you make at the start of the school year is to let the parents know that your primary goal is to promote the welfare of their children. When parents understand you care about the children, they are much more likely to give you support when you need their help. I think this is this is a, uh, an outstanding book for, um, for teachers, for, for um, administrators, for anyone in the teaching arena, it's this is a great buy. It's called They Call Me Mom, Making a Difference as an Elementary School Teacher. I, I appreciate the, those uh, sentiments. I, you know, I, I, I wrote it with the uh, intention of teachers, but I've had a lot of parents also read it. I've got a chapter in there about discipline and the importance of discipline, but also doing it in a way that uh, lets a child learn while keeping their dignity. I mean, there's, uh, so uh, I try to connect with a lot of people and a, a lot of humor too, because there's so many funny things that happen at school. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I think humor is one of the best ways uh, we can deal with difficult situations, learning to laugh at, at things that are, are really absurd in the, in the long run. and um, and just, uh, you know, because there is so much joy in life. And yeah, in that profession. there is. And, and that's a uh, good point. Parents could learn from this book, too. Yes. And um, another, another, you know, I teachers find their own uh, individual ways to connect with children. But one of the one of the uh, other ways that I tried to to uh, connect and this was also a, a, a good way to promote um, connections with their families was I, I every year I tried to um, attend at least one extracurricular activity of each of my students. Of course, if I was invited, I didn't just <laughs> show up. But, yeah. but uh, you know, the, when you go to a, a child's soccer game and they see you on the sideline and they, oh my gosh, that's my teacher over there. Mm -hmm. he, of course, what what happens? He, he cares about me, mm -hmm. and, and and you know, and I, I didn't do it for selfish reasons. I did it because I care about the students. But you get this um, immense payback because yeah. then the kids want to. Uh, you know, my teacher likes me. I like my teacher. I want to please my teacher. And yeah. so I'm going to work hard for them in, in school. In fact, I've had uh, had funny, I'm sure you've had a few of these too, where you're, you're having a parent-teacher conference and the parents will say to you, you know, well, can you talk to Mark about this issue? Because I know he'll listen to you, which is <laughs> kind of like the implication is they don't, he doesn't, Mark doesn't listen to us.
So thank you for that answer. And I can't believe we're, we're at detail interview, uh, but I do want to know, well, number one, how can our listeners stay in touch with you? And then I also want to have you share some parting words with our listeners. Okay, well, uh, I'm uh, probably the easiest way to connect with me is through my blog, and um, it's a web address, so but I'll read it slow. Pete uh-huh. Springer, this is all lowercase, Pete Author dot WordPress dot com. Springer. Uh-huh dot wordpress.com mm-hmm. good yeah and and so do you have any party words for our listeners well i guess i probably have already uh said this but I'm, i'll say it again in a different way i just think uh the best piece of advice i could give anybody that's uh trying uh to write is to not let uh, your fears, your inhibitions hold you back and mm-hmm. to put yourself out there. It's just such an empowering feeling to, uh, to conquer something, to, to if you've always thought about writing a book, but you just never thought, oh, something's wrong, I, I just don't have the time or, or whatever, then, um, I mean, there's quite that can describe the feeling of actually holding your own book in your hands. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just encourage anyone to uh, do and try try to do this whole thing alone. It's just, it's, uh, it works so much better if you have a community of support. And so then it becomes a question of where to find that support. And I really think for me, the blogging world has been uh, a place where I have found the biggest support because there are people that genuinely, genuinely care there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also like um, during our interview that you talked about being true to ourselves um, in what we write and um, deal with areas that, that are just not um, trending, but, things that touch our hearts and and you'll never go wrong. You talked about the importance of critique groups, uh, developing trust within a group of people um, who can give you honest and um, good feedback. And you talked about, you know, taking workshops and and classes and connecting, you know, connecting with your author community as well will reap um, tremendous dividends. But thank you, Pete, so much for hanging out with us as we learned so much from you. And so um, listeners, Let's not forget to use our words to pierce through the darkness.